How is your business positioned for diversity? Are you able to shift income streams as needed or based on market conditions? If not, don't fret. You are not alone. Most small businesses who fail do so because they say they didn't see the market slump. Truth is, the market is in constant flux and you must plan ahead for the eventual collapse. Choosing to ride out the crash is not a good strategy, especially when you've got a family to feed. In today's episode of The Business Buffet, we'll look at words immortalized by Zid Ziegler and give you tips for developing a strategy of product or service diversification. Welcome to The Business Buffet, a podcast-based business coaching environment where you gain personal nourishment, professional growth, and recipes for success. My name is Ed Bejarana, and I am your chef who will be fixing up a big helping of how-to, can-do, and what-to-do information, all designed to inspire you. So grab a plate, as it is time for some Business Buffet. Welcome to the Business Buffet. It has been a while since we've recorded an episode because I took some time to assess market conditions and make adjustments based on what I see coming down the pike. Can't say I don't practice what I preach. You'll also notice that I'm Sans co-host. Phil can be found over on a new podcast of his own called Wine Time Friday. Being the wine lover he is, he'll do great with that production. So diving into today's quote, Zitz Ziegler once said, do more than you are being paid to do, and you'll eventually be paid more for what you do. This quote really resonated with me, and that is the basis for the first episode of the new and improved Business Buffet. When I started down the path of podcasting, I did so because I had specific customers who needed a new advertising channel that A, didn't cost an arm and a leg, and B, was high effective at connecting with the audience. In my research, I found that podcasting accomplished both of these goals, and then some, honestly. Business Buffet was actually the first podcast production I started, more to prove my thesis than to develop a long-term business profit center. Little did I know what started a year and a half ago would become a dominant business division for my corporation. So this brings up today's topic, choosing what to sell. (laughs) The challenge is knowing what to sell is you know you could make a mint if you knew what products and service to sell. You're just unsure how to pick the niche. Sure, we'd all like to land on that special never seen before, but gotta have product that will sell millions of units. But reality is you'll probably need to find a few different things that have varying seasons to help even out the peaks and valleys of the business cycle. One might think picking what to sell would be easy. You sell what you are good at. Well, okay, let's look at that idea for a few minutes. I happen to be good at building websites. I've built more than 2,200 websites in 14 years of business. But Zenith Exhibits did not start as a website development company. I started as a trade show display company. Selling portable displays to big companies trying to weather the recession. 
I did pretty good too. The time the market just perfect. I was far enough ahead of the 2008 crash to get established, but not too far that I got set in my ways. So when the market crash happened, I was able to pivot as market conditions demanded and my business grew. So why didn't I just stay with selling trade show displays? Well, purely an accident. But the anecdote to the story is the crux of today's episode. My first degree is in computer science. While I didn't study graphic design or website development, I was in the database back-end side of the internet and had lots of experience in website operations. My second degree was in business operations, so I say my education experience made me the perfect web developer. I knew enough about website design to get by, more than most about search engine optimization, and a strong knowledge of business modeling and operations. When I was asked to help a friend with his website, it didn't even dawn on me that this line of work would be a good niche fit. I was just helping a friend. When my friend referred business to me, then it became clear that I had some potential. By the 60th website, I knew I had something special. Again, purely an accident, but an educated accident. While I didn't have a good pricing model up front, I looked back on the experience and realized I was following Zid's quote to the letter. Do more than you are being paid for, and eventually you'll get paid more for what you do. I know many of you listening to me right now were there in the beginning when Zenith Exhibit started building websites and can attest to what I am saying. You see, the way I looked at website development positioned me different in the marketplace, and that difference put me in high demand. To me, your website is just an exhibit in the world's largest trade show, Google. The things I do on a website are the same types of things I do in a trade show display environment. For this episode, it's not important what those things are. Let's just note for now that I saw a customer need and an opening in the marketplace. So I stepped into the void. What are you missing in your business market? Are you paying attention to your client's needs? It is in your client's needs where the niche opportunity exists. I don't remember who said this, but niches bring riches. When you can specialize in something, then everyone who needs that option will be more interested in doing business with you. Let's explore another story that helps further define how this customer-centered product-slash-service development approach works. When I started building websites, I did so like an engineer who specializes in business operations. In short, I am an, an efficiency expert. I structured my business to focus on specific types of customers, and I built websites very fast. As a result, I built a lot of websites every year. Note, I don't outsource the process. I build the websites. No employees, just me and my wife. She does the books and administrative tasks. I do sales, business planning, and operations. One day I received a phone call from one of my clients who asked me to provide monthly website support. I told him no, I could not help. <laughs> he was very insistent, but I was more committed to my business model. So I agreed to help the client find 
an appropriate service provider. We interviewed service providers, selected the best of the bunch, and the client entered into an agreement. Three months later, I received a phone call from the client with some concerns. After reviewing the concerns, I agreed to help with a follow-up meeting. The meeting did not go well. The contractor was really not doing what was best for the client, but more what was best for their own bottom line. 30 days after the meeting, I started offering monthly support. To make room for the new business service, I had to slow down building websites. When I shared my business challenge with a few other clients, they all jumped at the service opportunity. By the third month of the new service offering, I was full and I had completely replaced the decreased income from not building so many websites. Now, 10 years later, the monthly service side of the business is 40% of my revenue. What was different? Why did this service work so well? Because I tailored the service to what my customers needed. I didn't develop a service that would attract new customers. I developed a service that helped existing customers with a specific need. You have skills that position you in the marketplace as a unique leader. Oftentimes, we get too caught up in quantity over quality. We think we have to attract lots of customers in order to diversify our position in the marketplace. In my example, I decreased my market share but doubled my revenue. I also expanded my customer life expectancy. Before the new service offering, the average lifetime value of each customer was X. Doesn't matter what X was. After the service change, the average lifetime value of each customer was X times 10. Again, the idea was to find the needs of my existing customers and offer a service at a more than fair price. After a period of time, my income increased dramatically. I stopped looking at income as a per-job activity and started looking at income as a result of my relationship with each client. Let me say that again. I stopped looking at income as a per-job activity and started looking at income as a product of long-term relationships. Honestly, I could have stopped developing my business right there. My wife and I had reached a very comfortable living, and business was fantastic. I added new customers, and those new customers stayed. I added new services and a monthly service plan to help each customer. It was truly a customer-centered offering. I need not do any further business development, but I wasn't done. Your customers have ever-changing needs. Business technology, methods, and market conditions are always changing, and your business must adapt. While many of these changes are obvious, some are hidden. I came across a situation that was definitely hidden from the market, and I immediately started looking for a way to overcome the obstacle. After the 2016 presidential election, I received a phone call from a friend asking if I could help a friend of his. I talked with the friend, and that's when I noticed Google was censoring search listings for some business types. Google, a company that had the time-honored motto, do no evil. I felt they were violating that commitment. I needed to find a way for businesses who were subject to censorship 
to continue reaching new customers. So I hit the library. Honestly, I love the library. I often just browse a stack of books and randomly pick one to skim and read, but I digress. For this exercise, I had something specific to find. I was just about to enter into a business relationship with a local radio network to offer radio advertising to my clients. I have to qualify this position. I love radio advertising. I've been a news talk radio junkie for over 30 years. I knew firsthand the power of radio. My only concern was the cost was pretty high, and most of my clients have limited budgets. In my research, I ran across some statistics on podcasting. Now, I have always known about podcasting. I even tested the technology when it first came out. I liked the idea behind the technology, but I needed to do some research to see if my concerns from a dozen years prior were still an issue. You see, I felt recording a podcast required too much hardware and audio expertise. What I found was things had improved a lot. So, in an effort to find a way to create an affordable and effective advertising opportunity for my customers, I ventured down the podcast road. And the rest, as they say, is history. (laughs) The process of discovery is not important. The lesson for today is I never stopped looking for solutions for my current customers. In the process of finding solutions for current customers, I discovered new market opportunities that brought me new customers. Are you creating associated service options for your customers that can open new market opportunities? Are you looking for ways to corner the niche market and allow your business to flourish? Are you keeping ahead of the market conditions that would otherwise hurt your business when the market takes a downturn? The solution to your challenge is figure out new products or services you can sell that will build stronger relationships with your existing customers. When you strengthen relationships with existing customers, you build roads to new customers, all while increasing income diversification. If you ask a business consultant how to figure out what to sell, they'll probably tell you to bring in a consultant to help evaluate market opportunities. My suggestion? Don't do that. Instead, make a phone call to your best three customers. Invite each out to lunch and ask them what additional needs their business has. Note, they actually already like you and will be open and honest. Don't look at new service offerings as a way to enrich yourself, but rather simplify your customer's path to success. By helping your customers succeed, you will make more money. It is that dreaded time when we must push back from the table and uh, maybe take a nap. You know, to reflect on what we've learned. Please, before you doze off, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs the emotional push that only the Business Buffet can give. Also, please take a moment to write a review for us on Apple Podcasts and help us reach new entrepreneurs like yourself. Thank you for listening, and remember to eat hearty in business.